Welcome to the Fortune Management Practice Mastery Podcast. Each episode, we bring you powerful conversations with thought leaders in the dental, veterinary, optometry, and medical industries. At Fortune Management, we coach doctors and teams to have an extraordinary practice and an extraordinary life. I'm Kim McGuire, host of the Practice Mastery Podcast. I am thrilled to have my dear friend and colleague, Rita Zamora, on the show today. Rita is a thought leader in the area of social media for healthcare practices, and she's going to let us know what's new in this arena. I love her philosophy of teaching practices how to be great with social media marketing on their own. Rita is an international speaker and published author on social media marketing and online reputation management. She and her team offer social media training, mentoring, and support. Rita has a history of working in the dental field for the past 18 years and now works with all types of medical and dental practices. In this episode, you'll hear valuable tools that you can implement immediately. And now, here's our conversation with Rita. Well, welcome, Rita. Thank you. Thanks so much for being on our podcast. We're so excited to have you. Thanks for the invitation. Absolutely. I'm your host, Kim McGuire, and today I am interviewing Rita Zamora, who is my colleague and, of course, my good friend here in Denver, Colorado. She has over 18 years of experience working in the business of dentistry. And I know, Rita, now you're also working in other verticals like veterinarian and optometry, aren't you? We do, absolutely. And we've worked with physicians and people in all sorts of alternative health care as well. So, yes. That's great. And of course, they all need the same help when it comes to navigating social media. Is that correct? Right. Absolutely. (laughs) I find that one of the most challenging pieces of running a healthcare practice from the doctors, of course, that we've worked with is the marketing piece. They can handle the clinical, you know, they can handle a lot of the systems that people give them challenges oftentimes, but marketing seems to be quite daunting. And then I think the social media aspect to marketing is even more overwhelming for them. So I'm so happy to have you on to help sort of navigate, you know, what people need to know now in social media as it pertains to their healthcare practice. Yeah, absolutely. And we're not the only ones that are saying it's difficult. I think you may have read Gary Vaynerchuk's books. Um, He's a best-selling author, sort of a visionary in all things digital media and a great entrepreneur. And he says marketing is continuing to get harder and harder. And, um, you know, we're all here to help and share our experience and some of our secret recipes and that Mm -hmm. sort of thing and, and tips and hopefully your listeners will find that really helpful. Awesome. Yes, absolutely. And we do hope that this episode, people bring back some, you know, some real practical tips that they can implement. Well, let me just ask you, what do you think the most difficult part is? I do know Gary's uh, book. And what do you think the most difficult part of it is for for owners of businesses? Well, I think right now, you know, particularly with healthcare providers, is the fact that more and more of the marketing responsibility is falling on the shoulders of the internal team. Whereas, you know, 10, 15 years ago, you would write a check to the yellow page, um, you know, providers. You would write a check to someone to do direct mail or, you know, uh, to an advertising agency for your newspaper ads. And a lot 
lot of those major advertising and marketing channels have now become either irrelevant or less important and more and more of the marketing budgets shifted online, which creates a whole new landscape of opportunities, but also challenges when it comes to understanding them and, and learning how to manage and implement them. Okay, absolutely. So it sounds like they're not only learning how to implement it, and also they're having to enroll their team members and helping to execute a lot of this. Is that basically what you're saying? Like the internal marketing and the internal team systems in making this happen have to really be working. Right. Absolutely. And you need to have, you know, sort of a marketing superstar in your practice. And um, that's not always easy from a time or a knowledge standpoint. Um, you know, the good news is that there are more and more resources that are becoming available to help with mentorship and um, guidance for these new responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Right. And I know you've said that on your blog and, and in other places that you really have to have one or maybe two people on the team that has that marketing superstar aspect to them. So what are the main duties that this marketing superstar person would have in the practice? Well, I mean, there's, um, you know, if we look at a marketing plan or a marketing map, I like to call it sometimes, um, you can just look at, um, you know, some of the low-hanging fruit initially, which would be your internal marketing, making sure that you're leveraging all of those opportunities by um, using those patient engagement systems that they have available that, you know, text and email appointment reminders, but also they have um, newsletter templates that you can email newsletters to clients and keeping in touch with clients there to help make sure that your open cases are being followed up on properly. So you start with the low-hanging fruit mm-hmm. and then start looking at um, external marketing and online marketing and making sure that your website's up to date and that that's um, regularly, you know, touched, um, that you're uploading fresh content on a regular basis and making sure that you're being found online, that you have a good variety of online reviews and social media and video, and it kind of goes on and on and on from there. So, <laughs> so this absolutely, so this marketing superstar is not only helping with, you know, the patient communication system that you mentioned, and we can talk about some of the, our favorites there. They're also asking patients for referrals, but then it also sounds like they're updating the website, um, you know, uh, updating social media, et cetera. So how many hours a week do you think? I mean, you know, doctors are usually wanting to know what does this really look like in terms of dollars and cents. So how many hours a week would you say that this marketing superstar is focused on this? Mm-hmm. Well, and this is where um, it's really helpful to have an advisor specifically for your practice, whether that be someone like a fortune management um, advisor, Kim, or someone like myself, or, you know, there are, of course, um, dozens or hundreds of other professionals out there that might be able to provide this type of specific information for practices because it's different for every practice. And, you know, for some practices, the doctor is shouldering a lot of these responsibilities. Unfortunately, they haven't quite mastered delegating Mm -hmm. or they don't have the right team member in place. And so, you know, I often get asked, how much should we be paying someone for this? What should their job description be? How many hours? 
hours does it take? And the answers to those questions are different for every practice. It's going to be way different for a practice that has three team members versus someone who has multiple locations and may need, you know, a full-time team member just to handle their marketing and and their PR, which includes social media today. So it's different for everybody. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's no, it's not a cookie cutter approach. And I think the doctor typically needs to look at their vision and what they really want to kind of communicate to the world. Because, you know, as we know, digital media is basically a digital representation of you. Isn't that what you always teach? Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, to answer your question, it's that you have to check with an expert, like one of, you know, the fabulous fortune management coaches that are out there, um, an experienced professional. Okay, great. So um, let's talk about some of the nuts and bolts of what encompasses you know, digital media or social media. Let's start first with our website. Do you feel like that's where people need to start first? Absolutely. Yeah. And so a lot of people come to us because obviously we're known for helping with social media, but people come to us and ask, you know, to get some guidance and advice on their overall digital marketing plans and, you know, just for help um, trying to translate what these different services mean, which is great. And, you know, if someone comes to us and their website looks like it hasn't been updated in, you know, five or more years, we generally will recommend that they have their website um, updated. And, you know, every few years there's changes to little things like fonts, um, the amount of information that people want to see on their website. I mean, it's really moving more and more towards a really simplified look mm-hmm. today. So yes. um, you need to make sure that, you know, first and foremost, that your website's in order. And, and then we kind of go through our marketing map from there and look at their other online, you know, presence and other platforms. Right. So you said the we- the website needs to be, so if it's over five years old, it's it's old. And I think some p- people don't even realize how <laughs> long it's been since they've updated their website. So that's a great tip. And then, yeah, the simplified look, we're definitely seeing that. Um, and then you mentioned earlier that it needs to be mobile friendly. Absolutely. Yeah. You want to make sure that you have a responsive um, website so that any device, whether it's an, you know, iPhone, any one of, you know, we've got new iPhones that have rolled out, people will be using that it loads really quickly. That's so important because people, if you're, um, and that's one of the benefits of the responsive website is generally it's going to load very quickly and people get really frustrated. I, I think the statistic was around 70% of people that I read recently want a really good mobile experience or they're just going to hop off and, you know, go look somewhere else. So you need to make sure that your website's loading very quickly mm-hmm. um, on these devices and the new phones that are out, like the new Apple phones that are out are so incredibly fast. Um, so you got to make sure that your website's keeping up with that and the colors look updated, the fonts and the layout, as I mentioned. And of course, most importantly, the photos are updated, right? <laughs> oh, yes. I know. I know sometimes people don't realize they've got team members that have been gone for a few years and their bios up there still. So yeah, absolutely. Photos and the mobile aspect to it, I think is so important. What is the statistic on how many people, maybe I think you, you probably would know, how many people are pretty much using their mobile phone for most of their web browsing, like most of their searches? 
Mm, gosh, you know, I don't know that statistic off the top of my head, but if we consider the, the fact that we have our mobile devices with us almost all the time throughout the day, mm-hmm. um, I would suspect it's it's pretty high. Yeah, I've heard it's around, you know, 60 or 70%. So um, the other thing is I, I've heard that, you know, it's not just for getting new patients, but current patients, if they want to find your office and they need to remember the exact address, you know, finding your mobile website is, is really important. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Making sure that you're showing up easy. Unfortunately, so many people are hopefully not doing it while they're driving, right. but, um, right. you know, before they're leaving the parking lot or whatever, yeah. make that it's, experience easy for them. Right. We're not condoning uh, surfing the web while driving. No. Absolutely. Tell, <laughs> and, and let's talk a little bit about SEO, search engine optimization. I know that's mm-hmm. something that is a little also a daunting part of, uh, of, digital marketing. So what are your thoughts on SEO as it stands today? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I'm going to approach it really from just um, a layman's uh, point of view because SEO, search engine optimization, is a very specific science. Um, People who are good at SEO, um, generally today, some good skills need to be that they have been you know, working in search engine optimization for many years, um, that they are the type of person that needs to know everything about SEO, how it works. They have to be super passionate because it changes all the time. And they um, need to have really good ethics. You need to have a really highly ethical company that you're working with because, unfortunately, um, there are so many mysteries to SEO. And um, it's something that you can't necessarily touch or feel. It's very intangible. And so you need to make sure that you're working with someone who has either been referred to you or can provide um, a couple of really good references that you can contact. Um, You know, those are some of the key things that I would recommend for people that are contacting me. We, of course, know a couple of people that are really good and trustworthy in the industry, but it's unfortunately very mysterious. (laughs) It is. Now, do you feel that every practice needs to have an SEO expert or can they organically help their SEO, you know, by changing the content on their website, et cetera? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, one of the most important things that I do know about SEO today is that it needs to be um, helpful to the user. Um, gone are the days. Do you remember when we would land on websites and it would be just all of this Google D different words that you know that said like dental. Um, dental implants, you yes. know, Denver dental implants like a thousand times and you're <laughs> yeah. like, Ugh, this is not helping. <laughs> so um, what Google has been looking for um, is really good um, experiences for the users and really useful content and really, you know, fresh and uh, abundant content. So if practices have the capacity to be able to create and generate original content, it doesn't have to be a white paper, you know, every mm-hmm. week, it might just be a few paragraphs, but that's relevant, that's helpful, maybe answering frequently asked questions, that sort of thing. They certainly could participate um, or manage it themselves. And again, this is where it depends on your practice because there truly are some practices that 
have come to me and said, we're mainly referral-based practice, Mm -hmm. and we need a website that when people, you know, spread word of mouth about us from friend to friend is able to be found, but we're not looking to compete with everyone else that's really looking for a large amount of clients via a Google search. So the amount you're going to invest is going to vary depending on your practice. Interesting. Okay, great to know. So you're ta- when you say updated um, content, you're really talking about a blog, like a couple of paragraphs in a blog site or a blog sure. page, I should say? Yeah, I mean, that's mm-hmm. really ideal. It could be a blog, um, you know, or, and just even updating your website in general. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I also know, which kind of moves on to my next question, that a lot of our practices that are seeing um, a lot of new patients come from the web. It's because their their new patients are saying, "We read all your reviews, and your we you know we love all your reviews online." So that's how we picked you. Yeah, you know, they may have found the practice either through a Google search or through insurance or whatever it might be. However, those Google reviews or those reviews, I should say, really solidified that that patient picked up the phone. So let's talk a little bit about reviews. Yeah, I mean, that's just a really another important part of your online presence because um, there's a great uh, body of research that I like to reference. I I reference it often. It's a a commissioned uh, study that Google commissioned, and it's called the Zero Moment of Truth. And Google wanted to know what the process is people go through when they're looking for products and services. And their research found that generally people go through a very similar process, whether they're looking to buy a product that costs a dollar or something that's a service that costs thousands of dollars. And it's that they'll do a Google search. Um, They may come across your website and then they will also visit additional online properties, most importantly, including your online reviews. They may want to watch video. They'll check out the social networks and only then will they make a decision whether or not you're the best fit for them. So the reviews are incredibly important. Yes, and I you did turn me on to that zero moment of truth uh, study, and I was just it is, yeah, it's terrific, <laughs> it's fascinating, and because I know even with my own searching for things, I don't even think I'll go to a restaurant without looking at <laughs> reviews or looking at the menu online and seeing if it's the kind of food I want to eat, if it's kind of in the price range that I want, um, anywhere to like buying a new car to healthcare decisions for our pets or our kids or our, you know, eyeballs or whatever it might be. So I think, I think you're exactly right. And what I've seen is not only we can talk about Google, cause that's a sort of the 400 pound gorilla, I think as of late. Also, we mentioned patient communication systems. So the systems that you're using to confirm your patients, either through via email and text, you can also send e-newsletters it also captures reviews. And I've seen some of our clients actually have those reviews on their website and on their Facebook pages. Yes. Yeah. And these patient engagement systems, you know, I I spoke to a practice recently and they said, we tried one of these patient engagement systems for like a year and it didn't work for us. So we, we don't use it anymore. And I was like, oh no, I mean, it's, it's really not something, even though some of them may, you know, market themselves as a marketing tool, it, it generally is, but I really see it as just an integral part of your operations today. I mean, I think every practice needs to have it. Absolutely. I know we could do a whole podcast just on the patient engagement systems or communication systems. I think it's reducing no-shows and cancellations. It's making it easier for people to, um, 
to confirm their appointment. I mean, I know I always say I use myself as, as an example. I am a relationship person to the highest level. I'm also a busy business person and a busy mom. And if I can just reply and say, confirm, I'll be there rather than have to having to call somebody back, it actually makes me makes me very happy. So I know not all patients are like that, but more and more of us are. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. People, you, you know, if you leave someone a message and say, call me back to confirm, it's like, no, because yeah. you might get that message after hours. Um, you know, so it's just that, that convenience is a part of your marketing and freeing up other, um, freeing up your team members time instead of confirming appointments or, you know, putting together an email newsletter from scratch when the templates are already there, they're proven, um, you know, so there's just, um, and tying back to the online reviews, as you mentioned, Kim, is just the other really important must have for every practice is that you get the automated surveys with these patient engagement systems. And um, it automatically will send a survey to patients often after their appointments um, or if you're a vet to the patient's owner mm-hmm, <laughs> in those cases. Sure. <laughs> but um, it gives people an opportunity to be heard. And so if they leave the practice and they feel like they haven't, you know, been able to get through about a concern or a complaint that they may have, that just gives them an opportunity to respond to you privately. And then you can generally determine if it's a review or a response that you want to make public or not. So they're absolutely mandatory, these patient engagement systems, as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely. I agree. I agree. Do you have a favorite patient communication system or engagement system that you like? You know, there are there are several that are out there on the market, but I do have to say, like, one of my favorites right now um, is Solution Reach mm-hmm. um, because they've made it very easy for people to be able to track exactly where they may have seen them on on any of the internet or social media platforms. So for example, when people come in for their appointment, a new patient, they'll get the iPad. And the solution reach, you know, information is already preloaded on there and it'll start to get the patients like health information, insurance information. And then there'll also be just some quick radio buttons that the practice can personalize. It might say, have you seen our Google reviews? Have you seen our website? You know, have you seen our YouTube, our Facebook page? You know, that sort of thing. So people will just do, 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 you know, they can click on those radio buttons and it'll take them maybe a matter of seconds to be able to give you that data that is so important, right? Yes, absolutely. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I think I, one, a couple of my clients are using that platform. I also have a few clients that are using Patient Activator. I know the product from Futuredonics, and they're loving <laughs> that as well. So I think um, what I always say is pick a few of them and, and do a demo and see which one you like best. Yeah. And make sure that they're um, listening and that you've, you know, they're usually always great at listening, whether it's even Dentrix, um, they have their e-services. They always want to hear feedback from their clients. And so if you don't have these options um, that I've just mentioned available, tell them uh, this is what we need to have because it truly is evolving and these companies are trying to um, improve their products to really help make the the product more useful for these practices. So they'll, they'll want to hear that from you. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Absolutely. That's great. And I know that Solution Reach, I do believe also is in the optometry and veterinarian markets as well. So yes. And I think one of the things about technology that people may 
feel like is that it's sort of high tech, but it's like low touch. Like in other words, it's not really emotionally connecting with people. However, these reviews and the e-newsletters and social media is really a way to keep that touch really high with the patients. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So that's why you can really get a lot of great feedback from patients that then will attract new patients with those reviews. So let's, let's talk a little bit about Google and um, or Google Plus pages and getting reviews on those sites. Mm-hmm. Well, um, you know, and this is a question that we hear um, very often. You know, there's still quite a lot of confusion about Google Plus. Um, you know, just to keep things. Um, really concise, I would say the easiest way to look at your Google Plus business page is sort of um, the same way you'd look at your Facebook business page from um, a functionality standpoint, except that Facebook's going to have a lot more engagement and people clicking like and commenting on photos and that sort of thing. And not that you wouldn't get that on Google Plus. There's a certain niche of people that are pretty active on Google Plus, but <laughs> sure. more so um, for your overall Google visibility and your Google Plus page is where your map, your Google map and your reviews live and um, getting reviews directly to your Google Plus page. Um, not through any sort of third-party service, um, you know, those certainly don't hurt, but getting those reviews directly to your Google Plus business page, um, those organic direct reviews are invaluable. Um, and that's where the challenge comes into place for some practices. They don't know how to ask or what they should be doing when it comes to that. Yes, I am finding that very much in the practices that I work with. So, well, so Google Plus sort of has two aspects, I think, that the practice needs to look at. They need to customize the page, like you just mentioned, and make sure that all the information is complete and that their logo and photos and everything are on there, right? Yes. So that's the first part. Yes. And then they need to ask for reviews. So how do you coach practices to get Google Plus reviews? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the first thing is, again, we're always looking at things, or at least I am from a marketing standpoint, looking at the lowest hanging fruit, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and so the lowest hanging fruit for Google reviews in your practice are people who already have a Gmail email address because they already have um, a username, a login for their Google account, and this makes it super easy for them to leave a Google review. So some practices are um, literally flagging their schedule when they see people with Gmail addresses that are coming in Mm, (laughs) Um, and looking to have conversations. And I'll go over a a sample conversation they might have with that patient um, or even sending a very specific personalized one-to-one email to um, a handful of people at a time that might have a Gmail address and giving them like step one, two, three. Here's how you leave a review. Just make it very easy for them. That's exactly what the practices that I work with that have been successful at this have done exactly that. They've either had a sheet of paper or they send via email the link to Mm -hmm. the Google plus page. And then, yeah, step one, step two, step three, because I think in this day and age, people are so busy in there. They need that step-by-step and they need that link. Um, I found that when they, when my clients ask patients, they're so enthusiastic when they're in the chair and they've just had this wow, five-star experience. And then they go back to the rest of their life once they leave the practice. So sending them that follow-up email 
yes. is key or giving them a sheet, like a little card or a sheet of paper that with the instructions. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I love the business cards. They're so inexpensive to print and you can literally just put like the, those three steps on the back of a, a business card. And we do see, um, you know, many of our our clients, their patients will leave reviews for them on the weirdest days and times. It'll be like a Sunday evening at like nine o'clock or on Christmas Eve. And you're like, really? People are leaving reviews. <laughs> what on are they it. doing? Yeah. When they have downtime. So, you know, they probably found that card yes. or they had it on their desk or whatever. And when they have a minute, that's just a tangible reminder for them, you know, to, to do that. Absolutely. And you just used that word tangible. And I know tangible marketing was really your thing before, you know, the onset of social media (laughs) became so huge. And I think that we kind of forget that that card, like when you're asking for a care to share a referral card, it's so important. And now with Google reviews, it's like they need something tangible in their hands and it's a tool to ask a patient or a client or, you know, a pet owner, Hey, would you give us a Google review? We'd be so honored and really having a genuine conversation. I think that's the other key part to it. It has to be a a real connection between the team member and the patient or the client and giving them that card. So you're right. When they find, when they're going through their purse at, you know, seven o'clock at night and they find that card and they're online, they can do that Google review very easily. So that's terrific. Great advice. Thank you. Now, just curious, do you feel like it's a good idea to have one card with a referral on one side and and the Google review instructions on the other? I think, um, you know, again, we're looking at things. We spoke earlier about the websites moving more to a very simple and clean, um, you know, layout. I think we're more and more moving towards everything being as simplified as possible. So I think having um, different cards and knowing that you're going to have different conversations at different times, um, you know, possibly with different patients. So I would have... um, you know, just the, the review information on the card to keep it clean and keep it simple. Um, you know, you can always have your referral reminders or, you know, we appreciate your referrals on your email newsletters, on your Facebook posts, you know, that you're making occasionally a thank you for, you know, continuing to send your friends and families our way or what have you. And Mm -hmm. there's so many different ways that you can continue to get the message out about that. Um, or if you have a specific referral card, if you're not, you know, really focusing on Google reviews, you know, right now, maybe you just want to focus on talking with patients about referrals for a few months. That's what practices are doing is determining what are we going to talk to our patients about now? Do we want to focus on referrals? Do we want to focus on Facebook reviews? Do we want to focus on Google reviews? And then they're making sure they've got one person at least on the team who's willing to be accountable for having those conversations or handing out those cards or what have you, you know, just having a plan of action in place versus letting it go at random, just saying, we've got all these cards here and you know, nobody's yes. hands them out. Um, <laughs> oh, you're so right. I think you hit on such key points that we really coach our practices on. First of all, having a system. And secondly, having somebody who's accountable for that so we can follow up with them, who's really excited about it. And, and really keeping it simple. I think that's just the theme of all of all of this. This whole episode is really about keeping things simple and focused. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that uh, the one big 
thing that we haven't really spoken about is that much is Facebook. So let's jump into talking about what are we seeing right now with Facebook? Well, I think, you know, the most important things, and when we talk about, you know, actionable things, right, you know, when we're, we're giving all of these tips and different things. So I, I think one of the things I would recommend to your listeners is to, first of all, just look at your Facebook and most importantly, look to see how many um, reviews that you've gotten. Um, you know, was the last review that you got a year or two ago? Um, are you getting um, a couple of reviews every few months? You know, um, that's great. You don't have to have hundreds, but just a trickle every now and then, because that's just, again, sort of a, a tangible indicator of the success of your implementation in inviting people to leave reviews on your Facebook. So if you haven't had reviews in like a year or two, nobody's talking about it. <laughs> More right. <likely. laughs> um, so you want to first and foremost, you write down, you know, a couple of action items is to look at your Facebook and see how many reviews you have um, that are current, because that's one of the first things that comes up on a mobile device is your stars and your reviews. That's the very first wow. thing that people will see when they look for your practice on their Facebook app on their mobile device. So that's the most important thing. Um, and the second action item when it comes to Facebook is looking at you know, the content, right? Um, just making sure that the content that's on there really represents your practice well. Well, we could have a whole show on Facebook and social mm -hmm. media content. Absolutely. And maybe we will schedule that with you. We'd love that because yeah. the content seems to be what puts people in sort of that fearful place. I don't even know what to put on there. So what are your tips there? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, here's an example. One of our practices recently said they got a patient specifically because of their Facebook. And um, the patient came in and the, the doctor asked how they found them. And they were originally um, recommended to the patient by an insurance website. So mm -hmm. the insurance website had listed the practice as a provider. And then the patient told the doctor, I went to see your Yelp. And the patient, I believe, specifically said, um, we know there's sometimes some haters on Yelp. So <laughs> we don't always take those reviews, uh -huh. you know, seriously, seriously. Yes. but mm -hmm. kind of scanned through those. And then we went to your Facebook and the patient specifically told the doctor, I looked at a couple of your photos and this happened to be a father-son practice. And she said, um, I really liked how friendly you looked in your photos. And I really liked that you were a father-son practice. And they had one photo in particular of the father and son at a um, CE event. They were taking a course on clinical um, skills. And the patient said she really liked how they looked in that picture. And that was her deciding moment that, you know, she was going to become a patient. I love it. That's great. So, yeah. So whether you're a veterinary practice or optometry practice or a medical dental, it doesn't matter. People are looking for signs um, and indicators of what they can expect when they come in to meet you. Are you going to be friendly? What does the inside of your practice looks like? What's your personality? And yeah. if you know, if you have all comics on your Facebook, you know, that's fine if you're a really funny practice. Right, <laughs> right. right. Um, I usually talk to practices about this when they come to my presentations and I have this funny comic on the screen and they'll laugh and I'll say, if you're looking at this and you think this is ridiculous and you would never want this to represent your practice and you need to talk to your marketing 
staff member, your team member, yeah. or your social media manager about this and give them a break. Like they want some content that I hear so many social media managers say, you know, our doctor won't give us anything. They won't give us any photos. They won't tell us what they do on the weekends for hobbies. Like we don't have any personality for our page. And that's what people are looking that for. That is what so people are looking for. On human so- connection. Yeah, right? that connection. They want to feel like they know you before they even come to see your practice or they get to know you even better. That's what I always say. Right. And their clinical skills too, right, Kim? I mean, people forget, um, you know, I'm guilty of that too. I always talk a lot about personality and keeping it light and friendly, but what are your clinical skills that you really want to highlight and do more procedures for, whether it's six-month smiles or dental implants or veneers? You have to be posting about that on a regular basis. Otherwise, People are going to scroll through. And again, if you've got nothing but comics and generic dental information, it's not necessarily engaging um, or going to draw people in. Absolutely. And I think when we say clinical, we don't mean, you know, pictures of, you know, bloody cases and things no. like that. If you're in the dental industry, more like, <laughs> what, like what you're saying, the different... Um, procedures, you know, Invisalign, six-month smiles, all those types of things. That's great. Yeah. And even for vets, Kim, you know, Mm -hmm. keeping things light and happy. Um, I'm a huge, huge animal animal lover. lover. And if I see, you know, a sick pet or, you know, an animal that's going through some trouble, I mean, it just is like heartbreaking and sad. So we want to see those happy pictures, you know, of the happy dogs after they've been taken care of or, you know, the smiling team members. So mm-hmm. um, just keeping it light and, and friendly is so important. Absolutely. And so what are the different aspects of the different types of posts? So you put, you know, highlighting some of your clinical skills, um, some funny or lighthearted posts. What else would you say? Well, and it just needs to represent your practice well. So for some practices that are very um, serious, like I'll give you an extreme example. If you're um, a healthcare provider in Beverly Hills and, you know, you're treating a very exclusive demographic and I'm being extreme here on purpose, sure. then your values are going to be maybe luxury and excellence and, um, you know, these kind of really opulent type of descriptive words. You're probably not going to have a funny comic on your social media that represents your practice. You know, on the other side of the spectrum, you know, if you have um, just a friendly, you know, light practice and that's a part of your authentic personality, um, then like attracts like. I mean, you need to really look at yourself as an individual because there's no real recipe that says you need to have 20% funny stuff and, you know. Sure. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, so, and I think one, one of the things I've heard you uh, speak about is really creating a media calendar. In, in other words, what you're going to post once a week or really spreading those, those posts out and then sprinkling in some of the more spontaneous posts. Yes. Is that what you're still coaching people on? Yeah, absolutely. And even looking, I would say to take it a step further, I mean, can we have some mutual clients that do an amazing job with their community outreach, whether it's 
um, is it Freedom Day? Is that the, yes, Freedom um, Day? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Freedom Day. Um, there's another client that we work with that does some work for um, homeless um, pets. I believe they fostered some homeless pets. Mm-hmm. They work with um, the local humane and rescue societies. Um, you know, all of those philanthropic and different types of um, organizations in the community that you support. Looking at what you're going to be doing for the year ahead and the months ahead and saying, you know, we want to make sure that we're, you know, sharing with um, the public through our social media what we're doing. And you can network with those other communities um, on social media, which is so awesome too. Absolutely. I think that's great. People don't, when they start getting on social media and they realize the web of connections, you know, really it is a web, it re- it, it can expose them to p- patients, p- possible or potential patients, excuse me, that they never even had connection with. So I think that's, that's right. pretty awesome. Great. And I think we want to make sure we're mentioning, tell us about how you want to get permission from patients or clients to use their, their information or their photo. What kind of waiver do you need to have? Yeah, I mean, you just need to have um, a, it's a legal consent form, um, a consent form that patients um, or patients' owners can sign, mm-hmm. making sure that it's okay to use um, their image on social media or their name on social media. And so many times um, your local associations are going to have a form available to you that has been, you know, vetted by their legal or risk management advisors. It just says, you know, I'm giving my consent to use my photo or my name or my image, my x-ray, whatever, um, on social media in perpetuity and that sort of thing. Um, great, great. Mm-hmm. So terrific. So they can, they can get something like that. And then, um, what are the rules around contests and things like that these days? Mm-hmm. Well, Facebook really has loosened up um, a lot on um, businesses running contests on Facebook in particular. Um, that's really where the majority of these um, contests and, you know, guess the number of items in the jar type of thing. Mm-hmm. And so that's really, um, that's really awesome. That's really great. And a lot of practices are having fun with that. You know, you have a jar filled with dog biscuits or filled with candy corn. You know, we saw a lot of those for Halloween Halloween. (laughs) dental practices or, you know, um, lens cleaners for your optometry or whatever is just a jar filled with different items. And you take a picture of it and say, you know, it doesn't have to even be, we're giving away an iPad or like a big screen TV. I mean, it can be, like a $10 Starbucks card and you could get dozens and dozens of people responding just for the fun of it and to get a Starbucks card. You right, know? Exactly. It's crazy what people will do for a little cup of coffee, right? <laughs> yeah. And again, as long as it fits with your values and the brand of your practice, you know, um, that's something that can be really fun and really um, help to organically get the word out about your practice beyond your patient base, too. Absolutely. And, and engage those patients. And then, of course, how a lot of practices also ask, how do I get more likes on my page? So what are you telling practices these days? Mm-hmm. 
Well, I mean, of course you can have those, you know, conversations in your practice, um, you know, with patients when they happen to have their smartphone out, but, um, you can also leverage the Facebook ads. Um, Facebook ad platform has an option that you can specifically choose that you want to grow more likes and, you know, in the past I used to say, you know, you don't want to buy fake Facebook likes, which you still don't want to do that, but there's no harm in spending, you know, even $5 a day for a short period of time to help to really expand your visibility in your specific zip code um, can be a great method for you to get the word out about your practice and grow likes. Awesome. What great advice. Thank you so much. Well, gosh, we've talked about website and SEOs, search engine optimization. We've talked about having a marketing superstar in your practice making sure your site is mobile-friendly, of course. We talked about Google Plus and reviews and patient communication systems and, of course, Facebook. Um, boy, that, that's, a, that's a lot of information, but I think such great practical information that you're giving, giving our listeners. Um, I always like to kind of end with, you know, Rita, you're like me. You like to read lots of different books. What, what leadership or personal development book have you read lately that is really helping your practice or helping your business? Oh gosh. Um, I, I'm, I have so many books um, <laughs> that are on my shelf right now. I think I'm, what I'm going to do is defer to um, a marketing topic since mm. that's what we've talked about today. Yes. Um, that kind of has been a book that I've referred to over the years. Um, you know, it actually, I think it was originally published in 2010, which seems like centuries ago <laughs> in our digital time frame. But um, Inbound Marketing, mm. um, Inbound Marketing, which was written by Brian Halligan and Darmesh Shaw is one of my sort of marketing um, essentials that, you know, it really just explains um, very well. It was very visionary when it was published years ago about sort of the future of how people are looking for products and services, what sort of information that they're looking for and the mindset that you need to have with your marketing overall. So I think that's, that's probably the best recommendation I can make regarding a marketing book. Awesome. That's a great book. I actually have a copy of that myself. So I will actually put a um, a link to that book on our show notes, um, along with information about what we covered in this podcast and Rita's information. So how can our listeners learn more about you, Rita, and your company? Well, um, they can visit my website, which is ritazamora.com, and learn about our two primary services that we offer, which is social media training. We have a very specific curriculum, a program that we've continued to enhance um, and evolve over the years um, that's had great results for our clients. And we also have a monthly support program. Okay, great. Wonderful. I know that my clients who've worked with you have had amazing results. So, and I love your philosophy that you really help teach people how to fish rather than fishing for them forever and ever, right? Teaching people how they can do it themselves. Right. Absolutely. Although we're here to support people any way that they need to be supported and are always nudging them to um, try and, you know, become independent, but we're also here to support as well. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. This has been so helpful. And I think there's some great actionable items that people can take away. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for the opportunity, and I look forward to hearing from the listeners. All right. Thanks so much, Rita. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. You too. 
Thank you for listening to the Practice Mastery Podcast. For more information on Fortune Management and to find an event in your area, please visit fortunemgmt.com. 